the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, Dave looks into how we can study the Bible and how we can get into God's Word. The main reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Amen. Wonderful. God's word is for us. And I just want to really encourage us. um, uh, Sometimes we can forget who we are, forget uh, and lull into false insecurity. Can we just uh, drift along? But we don't want to do that. Um, And I suppose really I'm just going to encourage us this week to begin to study God's word. You see, um, now we can always, we could say not all of us are speakers, but all of us should be sharers. And certainly all of us should be studiers. See, there's no excuse not to study God's word because God's word is you know, our, very, our very food, isn't it? Our very life itself. So just remind ourselves who we are. Uh, first of all, remember we are all priests and we're all servants. We're all ministers of the Lord. Because we're, why? Because I'm in relationship with him. You're in relationship with him if you know the Lord. Um, so we're all priests. And that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Um, you will find, as, as church history started, um, everyone was involved, everyone went, but as church history grew and grew, about by the 5th century probably, there was uh, just the clergy that did everything, the laity, the oblioise, did nothing. They came in, listened, gave their money, obeyed and went home. Um, and of course, that's how it went until obviously we come full circle now, and we're in the latter days where we realise that everyone is part of the body. Everyone's got a work to do, and if every if, if someone doesn't do their work, the body won't fulfil its potential. Um, so let's read those verses. Wonderful verses. One Peter two, nine to twelve, to make sure that we're on safe ground. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Amen. So we are a royal priesthood. We are his people. We are people belonging to God. What for? Again, gives us who we are and gives us the reason of our existence to declare the praises of him. Declare the praises of him. Now, what we want to become is that everyone is, is, is into God's word, you see. And, and the problem is... Um, we can we can get lazy. We need the ministry of the word, which we, we get, don't we? Uh, and we regularly get into God's word. But there is no substitute for you getting into God's word. You know, I, I can present a message, or people can come and present a message, and something you'll you think, oh, that's interesting. I, I grabbed all of that, and and you might remember one or two things. But I guarantee that if you study the word of God yourself, and you see something maybe for the first time yourself, it's it's much more of a thrill. Plus you will never forget it. Because you have studied, you have actually dug into it. Um, and uh, thankfully again, God's word encourages us that. And Acts 17, Acts 17, 
10 to 12. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble characters than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Jews believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. So the Berean church, now we didn't say the Berean leaders, is it? The Berean church examined what they said. And um, I, there's lots of teachers we love, but I always love um, dear Porson because he said, look, don't, don't disagree with me. Have a look at it. He said, if you don't agree with me, well, you know, that's all right. He said, but at least get into God's word and have a look at it. But the great ter term there, the legal term there, is, is looking at the background evidence before you come to a legal case. That's, that's the term examine. So they are looking and they're examining the evidence of um, uh, what he was saying. So the Bereans, Jews, and we want to be like the Bereans, examine, get into God's word. Because you know what? Uh, the more we dig, the more gold we find and the more precious jewels. And the great thing about it, there's different layers of depth. Now, some, some of us will just cover the surface. That's fine. Some of us will go a bit deeper and uh, we think we're going deep and then I listen to someone else and think, oh, I haven't even, even seen that. I mean, have you even heard that? So the, you know that you can never plunge the depths of God's word. And as we've said so many times, you can read God's word, you can read the story again. I was reading Job. I love, I love, well, I don't love Job. Like, certainly the last part of Job where God is talking to Job, I, I always chuckle then. And then, um, but very interesting. I've seen it before, but it just came to me again. Before Job prospered at the end, remember, the Lord doubled everything he had. There's an interesting part there. When he prayed for his, his friends, afterward the Lord prospered him. You see, it, it, that prayer was to prove he had no ill will or no grudges or no bitterness towards those men who, who didn't they berate him. At the start, they were commiserating. And by the time they said, you're a sinner, you've been in sin, you're, 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 God is revealing your sin to you, and they give him stick, didn't they? And, but it was after he prayed for them. He said, now, they said, the Lord said, you better go to Job because you won't be you know, restored until he says so, mm. until he prays. So when he prayed for them, the Lord released that blessing. Well, that was quite interesting. I thought it was. Anyway, um, but God's word, so vital, so powerful. Let's read it again. Romans 15, 4 to 6. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's word for our example. And as we just begin to say how we study God's, we're going to be practical I and mean, more practical because next week we're going to come, we're going to come with something each. Some of us going to come with just some little thoughts, maybe some big thoughts. But God's word is for example. Thankfully, God doesn't hide all the character's flaws, does he? He doesn't hide those because he wants us to learn from them so we don't make the same mistakes. He wants us to, to see how he communicates, how he uses people, how, how people respond to him. Why? Because he wants to do the same with us. God's word, mighty, mighty. Um, and of course, we need it, don't we? Just to really penetrate, uh, give us direction, perception, discernment. 
Uh, Hebrews 4. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, mm. piercing even to the dividing ascender of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, that all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So we need, we need God's word. It isn't, as we sort of say, an optional extra. Unless we have it, we will not make the right decisions. We'll not have a good discernment and perception. And we'll drift. We'll drift. And, uh, of course, we've seen that many. Okay, let's go to the basic level that we, we should be probably doing every day. Three questions when we read God's word. Um, we read it every day. That's what the Bible says. Regularly, thoroughly. First question. What does this teach me about God? What do I learn about God from this passage I just read? Good question. His character, his nature, how we deal with it. One question. What does it teach me about God? Next question. What do I learn about people from this passage? Um, so those are the two. And the third question, always ask, how can I apply this? How can I learn what God wants me to do with this? So it could be a sin to avoid, an attitude, a warning, example to follow, a command to obey, a promise that you can put your life upon. So what does it teach me about God? What does it teach me about people, myself, really? And Lord, how can I actually apply this to my daily life? You see, if, if it isn't practical, it is theoretical, which is no good to anybody. Because the Bible wants, wants this word to be flooding our lives. We'll do read a couple of verses in a moment. And that's, I suppose, when we, when we come over to the practical, practically studying God's word, see, if God is pr prompting you on a certain issue, let's take forgiveness, for example, then we need just maybe get into God's word. For a lot of us, you see, this is not difficult anymore. Years ago, you need a concordance. I, I still like use, using books. So concordance is very interesting because you get you, you pick up a word, forgiveness, and a concordance will tell you every instance forgiveness turns up in the Bible. And it will give you the, the meaning of the word because different types of meaning. Um, but of course, nowadays, Google, Bible verses about forgiveness, bang, you've got them right in front of you. So if God is teaching you, you need to get into his word, Lord, why, am I need, why should I forgive? How should I forgive? God's word is practical, and then we put it into action. Giving. Oh, Dave. Well, we need to get into God's word. What does God say about giving? Is tithing New Testament or Old Testament? Or is New Testament actually you own nothing? Nothing is yours. It's all God's. So what you do, you get into God's word, and uh, you, you begin to practically look at, you study what God's going to say, and then you put it into action. So that's to, that's something we should all be doing, and um, sometimes we don't, do we? Um, what we do do, we, we and sometimes, like, we've got to be honest, we treat it as a book. So we read a bit, don't we? And then it actually, although, you know, even when we read it, it's, it's God's word. It does, does, does us good even if we don't actually, you know, ask those questions. But God wants us to wait, wait upon his word. Just, I think we've lost the art, well, I'm, I'm sure, because I preach a lot, I, 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 I probably do a little bit of this, but otherwise, not so much. Meditate. Meditate on God's word. Get, a, get hold of a, 
a verse of Scripture. That's why it's good to memorize God's word. Get a verse of Scripture or a characteristic of the Lord or how he, how he works or his ways. Or, and uh, you just begin to, the word means to mutter, to repeat. Uh, a bit like we so often say, like a ki- uh, the, the cow chewing the cud, didn't he? He chews the cud, he swallows it, and he thinks, I need a bit more to that. So he brings it back up three or four times until he's, he's got every last bit of goodness out of that and you know what this great thing about you start the day as we've been talking on, on Sunday night about being the child of God and I, I, every day I've been reminding myself I'm Dave I'm a child of God child of God and it's great to meditate on those because again as we meditate on, on God's words and God's character it changes how we see things now we think the devil will come and whisper and say oh Dave oh what a waste of time and the word of the Lord you be meditating will come back up um I'm just reading, uh, Murray, give me Hudson Taylor's book, and I'm just reading Hudson Taylor, and he said, and because he was much, much difficulty, and, and, and uh, he was, he was, uh, he was only a young man, he was, oh, I've had enough, you've given up. He said, the devil came and whispered in my ear, oh, give it up, Hudson, go and find a proper job to do. And he thought, oh, and he was, he was listening to that, and he wasn't going to go to church, and, um, and then he said, oh, I better go to church. And he went to church and he said, well, I sang a hymn and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, the tears, the Lord spoke to me. See, the devil will whisper, but the word of the Lord, isn't it? So meditation. So what do I learn from about God? What do I learn about people? And how can I apply this uh, to my life? Well, the other one, a lovely one, which is, again, quite uh, nice to do, is a character study. You take a character from the Bible and you just read about him, and you put little notes down maybe, um, what he's like or what she's like, their faults and their failings, how God has spoken to them, how God has used them, how God has dealt with them, and how they responded to the Lord. Because ultimately, the Bible is about relationship, isn't it? The, God, the Bible is about me in relationship with God. And uh, that's the Bible story. Men and women known God, know God, known of God, and used by God, all men and women who've rejected the Lord. Uh, so a character study is wonderful. Um, pick a character, and then you've got many. David, I suppose, is one great character. You've got a lot, of, a lot of stuff on David, so you could be there for a while. But again, you just read, you know, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, and then you begin to read the Psalms. And you begin to see what he's like. And then we read this verse, um, Acts 13, 22-23. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David, as king to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jess, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise God raised up for Israel a saviour, Jesus. See, when we have that epitaph over his life, it's really interesting to go and find out why, isn't it? Abraham, the friend of God. Why was he a friend of God? We need to go and read his story, don't we? We get into 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 uh, Genesis. Pick a bit up in uh, Romans. Pick a bit up in Hebrews, and we look at why was he a friend of God? Why did he call him? Why did God call David a man after my own heart? And we, we just look at his life. What was David? Well, he was a worshipper, wasn't he? He was a man who, who spent time in the present. He was a man who sought the Lord. You read his Psalms. Lord, I worship you. Oh, I am downcast, but I will praise you. 
Lord, seek the Lord. I will seek you. I love God's house. I love your place where you dwell. We see, and then we begin to see that character. And, we, and of course, his flaws are not uh, taken aside. His flaws are right before our eyes. But we see his heart of repentance as well. So character studies are wonderful. And uh, they can, you know, not too difficult, but greatly encouraging. Greatly encouraging. Kings and prophets. Uh, sometimes we... Uh, it's good to know which kings and prophets are together because we don't do it because we, we read the kings and the chronicle and then we get into the prophets and it's not chronological so you can easily get mixed up but it's really interesting to, to put the prophets and the kings together and you think oh that makes a lot of sense now uh, he's speaking into that situation uh, where, the, where either the nation was falling away or the nation was doing well and he speaks into the situation and, and again um, you might just need a little bit of a, a a dictionary maybe or a study bible study bibles are very good to get into dictionary i i love a thompson chain reference bible very very good i use that quite a bit but again on the internet you've got um uh bible study tools bible hub uh questions well go got questions is good to a certain extent they're not good in the holy spirit they believe in the holy spirit baptism in the holy spirit but apart from the other questions it's quite good for that um, so character study, character study. How about this? This is this is really good to get a hold of a complete book, and um, that's why it's good to have a study Bible because it gives you an introduction to the book. And again, that's so important because we love verses from the Bible and we've got to learn the verses. But sometimes, when we understand what the book is about, that verse we love takes a different perspective. And we understand it differently then because we understand the context. And the problem is sometimes when we take a verse out, we've got to be careful. We can make it say whatever we want. We've got, that's why I always say read the verses around so you get the context um, of the book. So you can take a book and you can uh, do, I think in work what we do, we take a picture of someone's back of the eye. So that's like a, an overview, like a telescopic view. So you can understand who's written it whom, to whom he's written, and what's the, what's the general flavour of why he's writing this book. Um, obviously, Paul in the letters, Genesis, we understand what Genesis, and we can go, and um, if you remember, I'm trying to think how long ago it was, I was trying to work it out, it was about nine years, well, we did every book, remember, we did only up to about, Songs of Solomon, I think we went, about 20 odd books. We did a book, overview the book, but again, great, um, uh, Stuff you can look at. We talked about Chuck Missler through the Bible in 24 hours. Bible Project, that's even smaller. Anyone can do that. It's for good for kids. David Pawson has gone right through the Bible. So you can, again, get a lovely picture of the whole book, which is very important, isn't it? You can get the background of the people, background of the place. And, of course, the, the more you study, the deeper you can go. Then you can look at the themes and the topics and the characters, characters and the words and cross-reference all those different things that have happened. And uh, so that's good. Just have an overview of the book. And it's good to do that. Anyway, even before, you, as we read, I read from front to back, it's good to just know what, what book is this about? Because, you know, you can read it and have no, no clue. Um, but it's good just to take, just to, even, the, even the introduction, uh, most Bibles have got that now, but certainly if you've got a study Bible, at the beginning it'll say, who's written it? Who is it to? So very important. Because we need God's word. We love God's word because it feeds us. It. Uh, I would Deuteronomy 8, wonderful verse. Deuteronomy 8, Moses 1 to 6. 
Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. Again, wonderful words. Life itself is from his word. That's how he saves us, isn't he? The word is ministered. We read the word. The Holy Spirit takes hold of the word, applies it to our life and convicts us. And uh, the seed of the word saves us. And we live by it. Uh, you know, sometimes we, uh, we are, we're struggling. We are dragging our feet. And uh, our faith is waning. We need God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And uh, even as I was uh, listen to Pat and she said you know if you can't read it you can put it on and listen to it can't you so we, we did that many years ago we had I tell you, it was a cassette then and uh, there was something going listen to the word of God and that was great because you, you don't go to cassettes and you can't anymore you? but uh, kids don't even know what cassette is and you'd be drive, you'd be putting it on wouldn't you and you'd be listening to God's word as you're driving or listening wonderful because it's God's word it's life itself it's life itself 2, two Timothy 3 16, 17 all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, prof and is profitable of, of, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, it's pretty clear that, isn't it? God is telling us why we need it, what it is, if we need to be, uh, you know, we're growing, correcting, putting us the right way up. So we can be mature and fulfill, ready to fulfill God's purpose in our life. We need God's word. So that telescopic method, we take a photograph, but like as some of you have been to the optician, we've got that new machine, which takes a microscopic, takes a deeper layer, and you can dig deep down, down, and see what God is trying to say. And, and uh, as we just look at the next one, themes and topics, you can look at um, what we call numerology, the numbers and colors, what they mean. And, you know, God, you see, because God's word is, is, is absolutely wonderful. There's nothing out of place or nothing uh, accidental in God's word, is there? Every word is, is because he, he spoke it. And uh, so when he, he says something, or when he adds something, just slow down and just... I love Chuck Mister. he says, um, God gives us flags. He says, when the Pharisees ask questions, stop. Because God is trying to tell you something. God used the Pharisees to, to highlight different things in God's word. He said, it's a flag. The Lord is trying to tell you something. Because obviously the Pharisees were, would question Jesus over certain things. And, and uh, uh, he said, that he's trying to tell you something there. So the, the whole book is lovely. Because when we understand that he's talking to real people in real circumstances, in real time, and we get the background and the culture and all that kind of thing, and it's as, as relevant today as it was. Because people haven't changed, today. Ah, uh, you know, we have, we have 
different things and different, you know, um, but still, still as selfish and as, uh, you know, self-absorbed and self-conceited as everyone uh, as ever before. So there's the book, book, but themes and topics again, wonderful things to look at. Salvation, what you can look at, at, at being saved. As we talked about forgiveness, you can look at forgiveness, look at all those things that come from. So we, on, on Sunday, we will be looking at propitiation, uh, that which God took our place. And from that, you get substitution, redemption, beautiful word. Again, it, if you just look at the word, you can see the picture is someone going into a slave market and actually purchasing a slave. Uh, and that's a beautiful picture. We are slaves to sin. We are slaves to our sinful nature. And we, we are, unless someone comes in and pays the price for us, we'll be in sin and be a slave forever. And so we have all these beautiful pictures and themes and topics uh, that we can look at. And a word may jump, jump out at us. And I'm thinking, oh, I need to look at that word. That's where you get your concordance out and say, you know, redemption. Boom. And you'll have good feel. And you'll, you'll see it. And then if you want to go a bit deeper, you, you can go back to the Old Testament. Well, why, why is this word used? And, and then you'll, you'll get in the Old Testament something called the kinsman redeemer, uh, where someone could, of a family member, could alleviate your debt. Bless the Lord. <laughs> you run up a debt, and a, a family member would come along and pay the debt for you. But he had to be a, a blood relative. He had to be a blood relative, a kinsman. kinsman. And uh, so Jesus was our kinsman redeemer. See, he bound himself to be a, to be a man. So you could pay the price. Um, so we have all these lovely themes and topics that we can dig into because God's word. See, one of the things uh, that we were talking on Sunday night uh, are with the test for being a child of God. One of the tests that we are children of God is that we love his word. How can we not love his word when we're his child? Um, now that at times, you know, when we are children, we don't like to hear our dad's and mum's voice, especially when they tell us to do something we don't want to hear. But we just we love to hear God's voice. Um, and Psalm 119 is a fantastic psalm, all about God's word. If you've read it, it's a long one. Um, but he's, he's, he's loving God's word. He's, 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 he's doing many things with God's word. He's hiding in his heart. It's a lamp. It's a light. Lots of things, God's word. But read these verses. Um, psalm 119, 46 to 48. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings and with will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments which I have loved. And for it, mm -hmm. my hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Yeah, so we see he's loving God's word. He's not ashamed of God's word because he said, you see, God's, God's word, stand, I don't have to defend this. It's God's word. I declare God's word. He says, I declare it before kings and I will not be ashamed because it's God's word. And he's loving God's word. When we love God's word, we stand on it. Now, do we understand everything? Never in the world, but we, we stand on it. When God says he created in six days, we believe it. No, people say, well, I'm not sure. Look, mm -hmm. don't ask me. And, and when scientists come along, look, they only know what they know now. 
in 10 years they'll change their mind on most things they believe now because they find out extra things as they go along but we trust God's word believe God's word and he's loving God's word he's surrendering he said lift my hands to it Lord your word your ways your will and he's loving God's word and everything and that's why we look at God's word we, we look at characters from God we look at the whole of the book we ask ourselves questions we look at those themes and topics Holy Spirit we've been looking at the fruit of the spirit the gifts of the spirit ah there are hundreds thousands aren't there um, and then sometimes if you want to really have a, a look we look at different words so of course we know that if I we say I love what does that mean but of course in in the New Testament we have different Greek language you have different words for love don't we um, we have I love fish and chips yeah I, no, I don't mind fish and chips if I, if I certainly if I walk by and I smell I might definitely love it <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's one word for love. Of course, we have the word eros, which is, which is that sort of uh, physical, erotic love. But of course, in the New Testament, then we have the two loves, the philia, brotherly love. And of course, that love, which is only found in God's word, is the agape love. And of course, we can read the word love, but then to find out what that word means, interesting. Sin. There's not just one word for sin, is there? No, there are probably four or five, maybe half a dozen words for sin. And all with a different perspective of sin. And one is just missing the mark. One is downright rebellion. One is, is actually stepping over the line, isn't it? And iniquity and all those things. And praise. We looked at that word praise in the Old Testament. Seven different words for praise. All with different aspects. So there's much to look at, isn't there? Much to get into God's word. And again, with a concordance, you will... Uh, certainly a strong concordance you will find um, the number and it'll tell you what it means so on uh, a word study vines is, is quite good but again in in the in uh, on the internet now you'll find you'll find it pretty 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 quickly what the word means names places what they mean again our names mean nothing do they david is just identifying me as david doesn't mean well, I hope I am beloved, but that's not what they that's not why they call me David, because they like the name David. But of course, when we go into God's word, Jesus was called Jesus because he, he saves, God saves. He was called Emmanuel because God is with us. So those words and those names are very important. Uh, Zacchaeus, while we uh, we look at Zacchaeus and we know that his name means pure. Well, I, I laugh straight away. Because he's a thief and he's a traitor. But you, then you see, the, obviously his parents, that's what they wanted of him. That's what they were desiring of him. So he would have been rejected and been isolated because his family would have washed their hands of him. Um, and fr the only friends he had were fellow tax collectors. Well, they're good friends, aren't they? Hmm. So we see, we see when, we, when, we, when, we, when we understand his name, we, it's a different perspective then about this man. And of course, Bethlehem, that means house of bread. Again, that gives us a different perspective on uh, Ruth, doesn't it? Because they left the house of bread because there was, there, was, there was a lack. And they missed the visitation. Of course, God is merciful and supplied Ruth. But in the middle of that, Naomi lost everything because she left the place, the house of bread. By faith, she should have stayed there and waited for God to fulfill his word. And uh, again, Jerusalem means city of peace, which um, again is quite ironic because there have been probably more wars 
around Jerusalem or over Jerusalem than any other place on the planet. But that's what, that's what it should be. That's why he says, pray for the police of Jerusalem, pray for the shalom. Um, so lots to look at. Um, little words, characters, books, um, uh, names, places. But again, just ask yourself those great questions. Lord, what, are you, what is this teaching me about you? What is this teaching about people and myself? And how can I apply this today? How can I apply this today? God's lovely word. Um, Colossians 3. Colossians 3. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let the word of the Lord dwell in you richly. I love that. Love that. Let it flood your life. Well, you can only do that when you pick it up and read it. When you meditate on it. When you actually say, well, what are you trying to say here, Lord? You spend time in it. And then begin to study. As we said before, are all of us speakers? Well, in one sense we are because we're speaking to people all the time. But maybe not. But we're all, we're all uh, uh, the Lord is speaking to every one of us every day if we will listen. So we can always share something. You can come back next week and you, well, we'll be asking him. <laughs> what, what's actually the Lord said to you this week? It's just a verse that just grabbed all of you. A character or a, a word that just spoke to your heart. And that uh, this week the Lord may be talking to you, talking to you about um, giving. And of course, the practical practicality is that you may see a need this week, and uh, you may need to give. And again, Hudson Taylor, uh, he had um, he had uh, one coin in his uh, pocket, and he went to see people, uh, a family, and they were destitute. And the Lord prompted him to give this one coin. He said, "Well, Lord, if I had three or four, I'd give him a coin." He said, "That's all I've got left. Is this coin?" And of course, he had a bit of a battle, didn't he? As we do sometimes when the Lord's speaking, and he gave the coin. I don't know how much it was. Uh, penny, probably. Half a penny. And um, she went home. But, you know, as he went home, the Lord, he, he just felt thrilled that he was obedient to the Lord. And the Lord just lifted him up. And then this time, the, ne the next morning, he had an envelope and someone had given him a sovereign. Which I, I don't know how much sovereign, but he, he said that's 400% increase. He said, that's not bad for a day. Thank you, Lord, he said. Thank you, Lord. Um, so allowing the word of God to dwell in us richly and then applying God's word. Well, of course, let's look at the early church. This is our, this is our pattern, isn't it? Some say what is the church should be, what is it all about? Well, we go back to what it started with. We don't try and uh, reinvent the wheel. God has told us what the church is supposed to be. We know these verses, but we'll read them again. Acts 2, 42, 47. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, mm. to the breaking of bread and to pray. Everyone was filled with all the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Mm. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. 
and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See that that has not changed. Into the into the Word of God, into fellowship, spending time with the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and the Bible says the Lord added, and they fed the people, they gave, they saw a need, they met it. Why? Because the Lord, they were with the Lord. So there's, it's wonderful, and they were diligent. I, that that word, they can continued steadfastly. When there's a persevering, there's, there's an earnestness, strong towards the word means strong towards. And, and then that challenges us because when we begin to think, ah, oh, I'm not sure, I'm drifting, I don't feel like this, and feel like that, we say, Lord, what is, your, what is your, the people of God in those days? Strong, steadfast. Why? Because they knew this was the people of God, this was the body of Christ, this was the building, this was the bride of Christ. So they wanted to be there to fulfill the uh, commission. And our last verse to uh, Timothy, to a young man, um, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene, among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. Be diligent. Word again, to, to, to know how to handle God's word, to be able to get into God's word, to be approved of God. And of course, I love, the, again, the verses after uh, false teaching, gangrene, the, 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 how to counteract that is uh, be diligent as a one approved, a workman that need not be ashamed who handles the word of God and the word of truth correctly. So, this week, questions? What, what is it teaching about the Lord? What is it teaching me about people? How can I apply? Characters, books, topics, themes, words, names, places, um, and what's God saying to you? God wants to speak to you. Bless the Lord. Why? Because you're his child. Isn't it amazing. Sometimes we didn't want to talk to our kids, did we? But then we certainly had to, didn't we? How's your day gone? No, I'm done ending today. As usual, it's a good school. I want to go to that one. Um, and then, of course, we'd have to get stuck into him. Done your homework? Why not? And uh, there was communication. Why? Because we are father and my mother so this week God speak to us so next week we'll come back and we'll see what God has said to us because we are all of us studiers studiers of God's word why because it's father's words to us amen bless the Lord we hope you've enjoyed this episode to find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.